Hello, and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth, and this is Season 4, Episode 10, How Long Everything's Been Going On, with Damon Smith. I know I had a certain skill set, and I know that an image can speak a thousand words, so I thought I would do that, and if it's in your face, you can't ignore it. I wasn't trying to just do something that you could walk by easily, I wanted it to be something that catches your eye. Damon Smith is a freelance illustrator and muralist in Portland, Oregon. His work is based in hip hop, comics, portraiture, breakdancing, and graffiti. He co-created a book called The Life of Frederick Douglass, a graphic narrative of a slave's journey from bondage to freedom with artist Marissa Louise and writer David F. Walker. Damon's mural work went viral last summer during the Black Lives Matter protests in Portland. Damon was quite busy creating large-scale portraits of Black men who have been killed by the police. His art ended up getting featured on several prominent news outlets who came to Portland to film the protests themselves, as well as the art they inspired in public spaces. And Damon's murals started a lot of conversations. People ended up having community gatherings and meetings right there in front of his murals because of the power they held and their ability to inspire meaningful conversation. Damon draws on his lived experience with the criminal justice system, and he notes that comics were a lifeline for him while he was incarcerated. He spoke to us about making work that makes your family proud and staying engaged with your community and creating and facilitating difficult conversations through art. Please note that this episode contains racial slurs and racialized violence and a discussion of violent crime. Here's Damon. Uh, my name is Damon Smith. I'm 28, year, 28 years old. My pronouns are he, him. I'm from Portland, Oregon, born and raised. Grew up mainly in Beaverton. I'm of mixed background. I have a black father and a white mother, um, and that informs my art in a lot of different ways. Yeah, things that influence me have always been comic books and things like that. Um, very anime, uh, animation influenced growing up. Um, I didn't get into doing murals and street art until after I had received my first box of comics from my dad, who was in prison at the time. It was one of the first gifts I had received from him after probably eight or nine years of absence growing up. And so I really cherished those comics and really dug into them. And I had this golden vision of him being, you know, this really great guy and I wanted to make him proud. And so I did all I could to learn as much as possible about the comics he sent me. And in turn, I was already into art because my mom is, uh, an artist. She didn't take it professional, but she's always been painting and influencing my art as well as my grandmother before she passed. So once I got the comics, it was kind of this combination of I want to draw these things and being inspired by something my dad gave me. And so I really wanted to make both of them proud. And I really thought that it'd be um, a good idea to see how comics are made. And so that's when I started getting into comic books. It wasn't until about a year or so after that, my mom showed me the movie Beach Street. It's a 80s movie about hip hop, all elements, um, rapping, graffiti, breakdancing. 
And to this day, it's probably still my favorite movie. She showed me that because my dad was an old school b-boy. He was a break dancer. And dancing was always my hobby as well at that point. So I did dancing and art a lot growing up. Or once I saw Beach Street, it kind of made me want to push the art in a graffiti direction. So I had this comic book background already. Now meeting, seeing those characters in a graffiti type setting, I thought, you know, they look similar. You know, they're, they're very vibrant, very poppy in your face. And so I wanted to do as much hip hop and art related things with comics as I could. And that was my main focus. So all growing up, I was into breakdancing. I moved up to do dancing for Nike and they flew me around here and there to do certain events for them while doing graffiti for them later on for a little while. And so it wasn't until about six or seven years ago that I decided that I should transition into only artwork because I saw the longevity in that. And I saw that I could do this the rest of my life Unlike breakdancing, it's a very limited time frame. Um, so I was really enjoying breakdancing and into it, but I felt the need and call to really get into doing art fully. And that's when I started expanding into painting portraits and using different mediums, um, playing with oil, acrylic, and just trying all sorts of different things, doing concept art, comic books, life studies, you know, doing everything possible. Uh, to just advance the skill set as much as I could. My focus and how I've gotten into art and where I'm at now is just originally trying to just make my parents proud with what they like um, and then grasping onto that and finding out I have a real passion for it and that I noticed it was affecting other people. They were enjoying it. It was bringing out different conversations that I might have been afraid to have through my art. That just fed the fuel and fire, you know, just kept me going and that's kind of how I got to where I'm at now. <laughs> um, so basically when I was 16, I was living in Beaverton and I had a buddy that was, you know, in a gang and I was never in a gang, but he was part of a gang and I was just his best friend. I, I, I knew him since I was five years old. We always did art together. He was always into breakdancing with me and it wasn't until high school that the gang stuff even appeared. And so it basically came down to his initiation being some sort of robbery of another uh, opposite gang. I got caught up in that because I was there when he got the, conversa the conversation happened. Um, so I was stuck between not feeling like I could tell an adult. And as an adult now, I realize I had different routes I should have taken, but I didn't feel like I could tell anyone. My mom was a single mom. Um, my dad wasn't really around at the time. And I was alone a lot, you know, so I just felt stuck between trying to help my friend and doing the right thing. I ended up getting caught for the, the robbery, burglary. Um, I was actually severely beaten. It was stabbed through my hand and pretty, pretty beat up by the people in the house. I was left in the house by myself. Um, but that's what happens, you know, I don't make any excuses for it. I got what I deserved in my eyes. I'm not angry about that. I don't blame any of my friends for leaving me there because I wouldn't, I didn't want to be there either. You know, uh, it was just a really bad situation to be in without feeling like I had a way to get out of it. So once I was incarcerated, I was sentenced to five years. I started receiving mail from my mom while I was incarcerated and she would send me comic books every week. 
um, while I was in county jail. And so that's when I really thought this could be my way out. And this could be something that I can find peace in while I'm in these walls. And it would help me to explore different worlds, different ideas, and just study art at the same time. And so I just ate them up. I, I read as many comics as I could, and I would draw pages from them all the time, continuously. And the entire time I was incarcerated, I just focused on art solely. I ended up only doing three years because I got out for good behavior at half my time, but then they had to take another six months or so to get you situated and find a place to live. So I did about as good as you can do while in that situation. I wasn't in any more trouble. I didn't cause any fights. I, you know, I kept my head down and just focused on my art. And luckily, a lot of people, regardless of background, respect artists. Um, they wanted things for their mothers, for their girlfriends, you know, so I didn't really have issues as far as, you know, gang affiliation or anything like that. I'm always about respect. And if you, if I give respect, I respect it or I expect it, but, you know, and that's a pretty level playing field for everyone. You know, if I'm respectful to them, they were totally fine with me and I didn't bother anyone because I was always drawing the whole time. And while I was in there, I got my GED right away. And then my high school diploma, I even started getting some of uh, college credits as much as I could um, while in there. And my, my senior project was what career path are you going to take? You know, and I said multimedia artist all the way. Um, and so I'm just trying to live up to my thoughts that I had of myself while I was kind of taken away from the world. I did the Life of Frederick Douglass graphic novel with uh, a guy I met at Rose City Comic Con named David F. Walker. He works for DC and Marvel and Image, and he does a lot of professional um, comic books. And he was a mutual friend of an another guy, Ibrahim Mustafa, who's another Portland native who does comic books. That was also a break dancer growing up. So that's how we knew each other was through dancing. It wasn't until years later that we realized we were both into art. Um, but he connected us. They, he was had a deal coming up for a book that he wrote um, and they were looking for an artist and he kind of just threw my name in the hat. He told me they had gone through like 20 different artists trying to figure out who and kind of I was like the last resort tossing. And so I guess they liked my work and said that they wanted to see me draw Frederick Douglass real quick, something that I would be able to do really fast, not take much time on. So I went on my break, uh, went to my car in the middle of winter and just drew Frederick and sent it in. And then later that week, I got a call saying that I got the job. And so the book was basically just about Frederick Douglass' life from beginning to end on his fight against slavery and women's rights and, you know, equality for people and how he started out as a slave and ended up free man and just his journey. I just mainly worked in pencil for that book. Uh, usually you do pencil and ink, but uh, the publisher thought it would be a good idea because they like my pencil work to just get in there and add hard lines, really thick outlines. And I decided to do it in all pencil instead of inking it to give it that texture of being worn down. You know, I was trying to not be super precious about all the forms and everything being exactly correct because I wanted to convey the mood more than looking pretty. You know, it wasn't a pretty time. 
And so I thought studying old photos that are already grainy and the expressions on the people's faces that I was seeing during that time and the audio that I was listening to talking about the events that were going on and the documentaries and all those things kind of just made me feel like I had to do more of a, a rugged look to it. As far as the murals I've been doing lately go um, during quarantine, it's because I did that book, I've always been aware of, you know, racism and inequality and all these issues. I've, you know, I've had plenty of racist things done in my life. I'm not the darkest skin, but they, most people know that I'm different. And I had a big fro growing up and braids and you could tell that I was uh, mixed. And so I, you know, I've had people write nigger on my artwork and, you know, call me mud and all sorts of stuff like that. This could go on. So I was very aware. And so when I did the book, it really opened my eyes to even more of the issues and how long everything's been going on. Cause I had to dive into his life. I had to study this stuff for a year. Once, George Floyd was, um, you know, killed. I just felt like I needed to do something with my art. I felt called to do it. I just couldn't sit around and do nothing. And it took me a while at first because I have a three-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter. Um, and so I work long hours and between commissions and whatnot, I didn't have time to really get out there. But when I saw people were doing murals and painting and, you know, showing their support and just getting it out there for the world to see. I just felt it would be wrong of me if I didn't do something to, you know, just shine some light on the situation or give some hope or anything that art does. You know, I just thought I need to get out there and do these paintings and let it be known that this, these are people, you know, and regardless of any background, wherever you're from, no one deserves to be killed and everyone should be treated equally no matter what. Like it's your human right that's as simple as it gets you know and that people don't understand that is what is where the conflict right that's where it becomes difficult so i'm not the kind to go out and start busting people's heads out there and like i respect everyone every part of the protests that are going on but i know i had a certain skill set and i know that an image can speak a thousand words so i thought i would do that and if it's in your face you can't ignore it you're forced to see it whether you said you did or you didn't and if that can shine some light, then, you know, I'll keep doing it. And that's kind of the reasoning behind why I got out there. Because after Frederick Douglass and being stuck in that world for a while and then everything that's been going on lately, I couldn't just sit by and do nothing. Um, but I tried to find imagery that has good lighting and, you know, can kind of capture as much of their essence as I'd want to see or I'd want people to be introduced to if they'd never seen them before. So yeah, I just did a, a lot of photo referencing um, and then went in there with just aerosol spray paint and did it very old school. Didn't use very many like different caps or anything, just straight can on wall and tried to make the pieces pop. I wanted them to be kind of in your face. I wanted there to be a good contrast of color. Um, the first one I did was a, a blue man or blue head headshot of a black man and an orange around him just to kind of get your attention. I want you to look at it. You know, uh, I wasn't trying to just do something that you could walk by easily. I wanted it to be something that catches your eye. And so the next one was Brianna Taylor 
And I thought a grayscale with yellow, bright yellow around her would make her glow. You know, I wanted her to shine because she's very beautiful. So I wanted that to, to trans, you know, transfer through to my artwork the best I could. And then the blue is very mellow and kind of welcoming. But then we have the orange around that as well, around the blue lettering to kind of, you know, drive it home. And so, yeah, th those were, you know, a little bit of the ideas behind that. The next one I did was Protect Your Future, which I did with a couple of buddies. I've, I worked with, on three of the projects I worked with, the uh, artist named Exceed Limits. I grew up with him as well. And so that was nice. And then the last one I did was Elijah and I did that all by myself. And I just really liked the idea of it being like a purple, cool purple with a bright background to really just make you look at him. I wanted you to look at his face and how kind he was and how sweet he was and how sad it was that his life was taken for no reason. I would love to keep making art that impacts people and that I feel matters and needs to be seen. Um, and my hope is that people can, that see my work um, in the future and in the past can put me into a kind of different category of caring for people um, and kind of see that it's not just a way to make money or that I'm just trying to draw superheroes in capes, that I'm trying to send a message of equality and that people need to be accepted. And yeah, I, I guess I, my goal is just to hopefully make a living off of doing these things. I'm not currently making a full-time living off my art, so I'm you know still in the trenches trying to work my way there. Um, but the goal for the future is to be able to support my kids in my, my you know life, telling these stories and continuing to do murals and work on comic books and just anything that people can consume and just eat up. I don't want to limit myself to one thing. Right now I'm teaching myself more airbrushing. I'm, you know, trying to learn the digital side of things. I'm doing whatever I can to just continue moving forward, creating, you know, content that matters. Yeah. Um, I, I've come to realize that it's one, if, you're not feeling it, don't force it. But I find it helpful to look at my past work. I usually, before I start any project, I like to, because we're the, our biggest critics, right? We don't like our stuff. Um, so I try to find what's good about it. I try to get pumped up on myself. Um, I find, I think it's very important to see like where you're going, what you've done, what you feel like you can do better. Um, pointing out your own flaws to yourself and seeing what did work. Um, so uh, th the main thing I try to do is look back through my old posts on Instagram and see how my videos come together or my old illustrations or flip through my book and kind of get into the mindset of, okay, I've done this before. I can do it now, you know, and what did I enjoy about it? What didn't I enjoy about it? What worked and what was I feeling during that time? Um, how do I like the lines and how the lines came out? How do I like the figure? What about the composition that works? Um, I find looking at your work 
helps loads. Also, obviously, you're looking at people that inspire you. Um, I would do that, you know, sparingly because you can also discourage yourself a little bit because you're like, oh, I'm not that good or I'm not going to be like that or it's not going to come out how you want. But I would just try and capture the essence of what inspired you by their work. Look at someone else's work that you like and instead of looking at the image or listening to the piece or whatever art form it may be, think about why you like it and what inspires you about it and then try to put that into your own work. Because I feel like if you're inspired, it's much easier, right? If you're not inspired, if you're just kind of sitting there unsure of what to do, um, then you know you need to get that spark going by seeing something that you enjoy, whether it be your work or someone else's. You can see Damon's gorgeous murals and more of his work on Instagram at Damon Smith Art. That's D-A-M-O-N-S-M-Y-T-H-A-R-T. This episode was sponsored by the Oregon Arts Commission, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Multnomah County Cultural Coalition, the Kenton Action Plan, North Portland Community Works, and the Oregon Cultural Trust. Thank you so much for your sponsorship. The episode was written and produced by me, Joni Whitworth, and edited by Matt Larimer. The music for this episode was written and produced by Standing On End. Check them out at standingonend.bandcamp.com or on Instagram at standingonend. If you have any questions or feedback about the show, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out at futureprairie.com or on social media at Future Prairie. Thanks so much. <laughs>